Hey there, it's Sasha. Before we get to the show, if you're already a Reset Podcast subscriber, just do us a small favor if you could and share this podcast with a friend or family member that you think would love it. That would be a huge help. Personal recommendations are still the best way for new listeners to find us. All right, that's all. On to the episode. How can we create more spaces where Chicago's youth can hang out safely? I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Last weekend, large gatherings of teens downtown and at the lakefront turned violent. Three teens were shot, cars were vandalized, a couple was attacked, and CTA service was disrupted. This weekend, a curfew at Millennium Park will go into effect, as well as bag checks. The move comes as some have called for more policing, while youth advocates have said there aren't enough activities for young people in their neighborhoods. So what programming does exist? Here to give us some perspective is Eric Davis, executive director of The Base, which provides sports and academic opportunities to young people in West Garfield Park. And Melissa Mister from After School Matters. That provides a wide range of arts, STEM, and leadership opportunities for young people starting at the age of 14. Now, I want to start by getting your reactions to what unfolded last weekend. Eric, you first. Um, well, uh, as, as a person that really loves the city of Chicago, um, of course, it's disappointing and, and heartbreaking uh, to see something like that occur in our city. Um, but I'm also clearly aware that that over the last six months, there have been political campaigns um, that did nothing but trash our city. And that doesn't do well for our image, for our narrative, when we have politicians that sell the idea that the city's out of control and it's violent, um, when in fact that's not the case. Um, do we have our moments? We do. Um, should media be more responsible? I believe so, because it's very easy to get a ring video and show a shooting. Um, when last week, I know some amazing things that happened in this city that the media wasn't interested in. Um, at the Bay Chicago, we took 20 young people to Los Angeles to a red carpet event, and they represented our city amazingly. Um, at Garfield Park, there was a, a dance contest with, with 600 people actually at Columbus Park and no media coverage. I think the media owes us a responsibility to really be thorough as they once were. I think politicians have a responsibility to be very careful with their words because we have to live here and use your words, but be truthful with your words. Your thoughts, Melissa, when you saw what happened last weekend? Yeah, so same, obviously really saddened and upset by what I saw last weekend, but also just feeling a, a renewed resolve and determination to keep doing the work that we do and to make sure that we're advocating for high-quality youth programs. And I think to your point, After School Matters works with thousands of teens every single year, and the vast majority of teenagers in Chicago were not represented by what we saw last weekend. So what do you think then about the city bringing back the curfew at Millennium Park? Well, I, I think you have to do what's in the best interest of the city of Chicago. And sadly, it was something that worked. But I think that we have to learn to police ourselves. Um, I think that young people should be able to move around the city and be part of the city. But you have to have accountability and you have to be responsible. And for now, until we can figure it out, um, I think it is the smart move. Mayor Lightfoot called it reckless and unlawful behavior, but said that 
it's wrong to characterize what happened as, quote, mayhem. Here is what uh, Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson had to say. The violence that, that happened over the weekend and the violence that happens um, too many weekends and too many days, of course we don't condone that behavior. Demonizing children is wrong. We have to keep them safe as well. So, Melissa, what do you think about this balance of holding youth, uh, young people accountable for their actions and at the same time trying to not demonize an entire group? Sure. What I think is that it's a really complex issue, right? And I think that the base and After School Matters and all of these organizations are part of a team that's part of the solution to prevent teen violence. And so that we all have to work together to support young people in the ways that they deserve to be supported. And and that really is it. They deserve to be supported in ways that we as adults are responsible for providing them those supports and so, yes, they do need to be responsible for their behavior. Parents play a role. Organizations play a role. Again, it's a complex issue where we all have to work together to support teens the way that they deserve to be supported. Yeah, as a parent, I, what, I, what I can't stand is, is the, the immediate, well, you should have known where your kids were. Where were your kids? Why were your kids there? If you are a parent to teenagers, if you've had teenagers in the past, you know you'll do your very best. You don't always know where they are, yes. right? How do you talk about this and other violent incidents with participants of your program, Eric? Well, we, we approach them, and, and the first thing we do is we listen. We want to get their opinions. And, and many of the young people at the base, they feel that incidents like this restrict their movement because they're clumped into what happened in a moment in downtown Chicago. And, and that's unfair. And that's why... Organizations like After School Matters, Chicago Cred, Towers of Excellence, The Base. That's why we're trying to work to not only change the narrative, but we're trying to change the actions. And we're trying to let youth know that they're responsible for helping to change their narrative by talking to their peers, by their own actions. And um, we, we think it's working. It took a while to get where it's at today. But I think that consistent and constant push will change things. So what about providing um, guidance to to people who participated in this or other gatherings that turned violent? What do you do? How do you go about that? Well, let's be honest. Because you're you're not their parent. No, no, no. But I am their parent. You know, when, when my kids come by with their friends, those kids now become my kids, too, because what happens to them will probably happen to my own children. But I have friends that live downtown, and there's one week a month that I'm like, hey, are you going to be around this weekend? It's Lollapalooza. And you know what they say? No, I go out of town. Those kids are crazy. And you know what? They're not crazy. They're just kids. And when you get large groups of kids together and testosterone is moving around, and a shock to many parents, I don't think college campuses on a Saturday or Friday night had the violence, the shootings that occurred. But it's just as out of control every weekend on college campuses like that with young people. Mm. And I think that we have to really see what this is. I think parents have to hold accountable uh, their, their young people accountable. I think we in the community have to hold our children accountable and tell what expectations are when you move around the city. Because as you said, I can tell him to contact me if you go here, there, or the other. 
but they do what they want to do. They do. They do. Uh, Melissa, talk to us about after school matters. How do you, how do those instructors make time for this kind of discussion in yeah. their classrooms? So so part of the after school matters framework, the way that program sessions are set up is that it starts with a community building activity of some sort and it ends with some sort of reflection. So no matter what the content area is, there's space and time that's intentionally set aside for that purpose. That's when you hear a lot of young people's feelings and ideas and just anything about what's going on, this or any other thing that happens to be going on around them. So I think, number one, it's important to make that space on a regular basis in a community where you've got an instructor mentor there to be a voice. You've got peers there to be a supportive Mm -hmm. presence and to build some sort of community. And I think to your point about parents, I think young people, I do have two teenage sons of my own, and they are more influenced by one another than any of us. And so I think the more young people that are in programs and are having these positive experiences, that's infectious. So that they're going to do more for one another than that we can do for them. Absolutely. It's a huge step to get any young person to be a joiner, to join a program. And if you can have one teen have another teen join, we've done something real. Because I think, honestly, all of the curfews and whatnot, I understand why decisions like that have to be made. But it's a deeper issue when you think about if you've got a young person in a program who's studying coding and they're excited about it and they're excited about their future, you're going to make decision, decisions differently because you've got something to look forward to today. You're engaged today. You're excited about today. But you also have your eye on your future and how bright it is mm-hmm. so that you're going to make different decisions about how you care yourself, what you do, what situations you remove yourself from, what situations you put yourself in. So I think that's where the real work is. That in programs, young people are getting excited. They're shining today, mm-hmm. but they're also looking forward to tomorrow. And I think you just make different decisions when that's where you're coming from. You mentioned coding there. I want to hear some more about the programs that you offer because this is year-round. Over the summer, you've got about 10,000 participants, and then you provide this wide range of programs from astronomy to audio production. There's even entrepreneurship activities. I saw something about teaching kids how to be nail techs even. I mean, it covers the, the gamut here, but tell us more about the opportunities and, and how you make the choices about what you offer. Sure. So we have four major content area umbrellas. So there's arts, there's STEM, there's communication and leadership, and there's sports. And under each one of those wide umbrellas, there's every kind of program that you could imagine. Entrepreneurship, like you said, coding, cosmetology programs, um, civic leadership programs, just everything that you could imagine. And that range fluctuates depending on teen interest. We want to make sure that we're being responsive to what teens want to study, when they want to study it, how they want to study it. Teen choice leads most everything that we do because teens vote with their feet. They Mm -hmm. will not come. They will not stay unless they have a choice about what it is and what happens once they get there. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, uh, sees structure, connections with adults, and mentorship as part of what can lead to reducing youth violence. So how does the base provide this? Like what what kind of effect do you see this structure and connection having on your teens? After uh, hearing the programming at uh, After School Matters, I want to go there. (laughs) (laughs) It's a win. And and, and I'll tell you, it's important to instill value in our young people. And, and that's what we do, because if they have a sense of value, if they see that the future is going to be bright, there are things that they will not participate in. And, and I think that we need to do that with every child in Chicago. Uh, 
Um, the programming and, and the things we work on at the base are things that are character builders, esteem builders, community building, because this isn't about giving youth a place just to go. This really is overall community development. We're trying to build the next generation of leaders for the West Garfield Park community and the West Side. So this is an important mission. And we would love for more people in Chicago to be on this mission instead of being on the outside, looking at your TV and phone and saying, what the heck is going on? We welcome you. Come to West Garfield Park. Volunteer. Be a mentor. Be all those things that our kids need. And they don't just need it in our community. They need it in Inglewood. Right. They need it in Austin. Um, and, and that's how we become Chicagoans. That's how we become the city of Big Shoulders. Here's the thing, Eric. The students that you serve, they're not just experiencing gun violence, right? They're coming from communities that are experiencing structural violence as well. So I'm talking about like families not being able to afford rent, um, having to take several buses just to get to the closest pharmacy or the closest grocery store to get their, their dinner, living in places where lead paint or lead pipes are an issue. So how does that impact the kids? I'm going to tell you, since the pandemic, I found out that that's an issue citywide. You know, food insecurity, parents that are unemployed, divorce, those are real issues that really have our kids spinning. So how do organizations like yours help? You spend time. You listen. We, we started off as a sports-based organization. Now we are a wraparound service organization. Sports is just a thing that we do. Um, I think it's important for us to listen to our clients, which are our kids and their parents, and, and then provide the things that are needed. And those things that are needed have have completely changed for us than when we started six years ago in the West Garfield Park community. Melissa, from, from what I see here from the conversation that we've been having, there are extremely dedicated folks across the city creating opportunities for youth. Participation, though, is not always high, as we've sort of touched on. Have you seen low attendance at After School Matters? And how have you dealt with that? So we actually are fortunate enough to see pretty good attendance. And I think it's it's not for nothing. There are a couple of things. Again, going back to choice, we have to make sure that we stay responsive to what it is that teens want. Not just content, but when do they want program, all of that kind of thing. The other thing is all after-school matters programs offer a stipend. So to your point about economic challenges, we want to make sure that there's no barrier that gets in the way, gets in the way of a teen participating in a program. So every teen earns a stipend for participation in their programs. During the summer, they'll earn anywhere from $420 up to more like you know $1,600 for participation in programs. And that's important because teens want to earn money. Mm-hmm. They need to earn money. They tell us in our surveys that the sp- they spend their money on any number of things, meeting their own personal needs, which is a very normal thing to want to be able to do at 15, 16-year-olds, some- sometimes contributing to their households. But it's important. It's an important component of our programs that helps us keep teens engaged, keep teens attending, and keeps fulfilling that need that, again, I think is really normal at this yeah. age. How do you keep young people engaged, Eric? Um, we stay engaged. Um, the base opened six years ago at uh, 4 p.m., and, and we've never closed. I mean, we're accessible 24-7 because the issues that our young people face are those types of issues. Um, pre-pandemic, we had about 350 kids in our program. And now we're probably at about 275 because uh, a lot of families lost their housing 
during the pandemic. You know, so they, there's a drop. There, there's a drop, but we don't operate in numbers because I'm sure if we wanted to, we could go get 500 kids. And that's what funders look like. What we always want to make sure is that we are delivering impactful programming and, and, and being able to stay connected with the kids because we have enough staff and the ratio is right to do the work. Um, so for us, and, and honestly, if it were up to me, I would do the program with 100 kids and give them an amazing experience, life-changing. Mm. But our doors are open to anyone in the community that needs it, anyone on the west side. Do you think there are enough opportunities for, for kids in, in neighborhoods on the south and west sides? I honestly think there are enough organizations that are doing great things on the south, west, and north side. Now, here's the issue. We find when we have programs, there are programs that we aim at our kids, but we realize that our parents have a 14-year-old and they're 29, that they need to come to Mm. the program too. Because some of this is about parents finding the resources in their neighborhood, but at the base what we've started doing is we don't wait for them to find us. We go find them. Yeah. Uh, Melissa, you partner with other city and community organizations, too. So how how has that helped After School Matters grow? So After School Matters is able to reach the number of teens that we reach because we partner with a large number of community-based organizations. We partner with the Park District, Chicago Public Schools. Again, it really does take all of this partnership and teamwork to yeah. address these really big issues so that we could not do what we do without our partners. So real quick from you both, what do you want to see from Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson? You first, Melissa. Funding to support high-quality youth programming. Yes. (laughs) Eric? Uh, I want to see his engagement. Um, I want to see him out there knowing each of the communities. There are 77 uh, communities in this neighborhood. Um, I think that is the best start and, 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 and a great start. We've been talking with Melissa Mister, who's Chief of Strategy and Staff for After School Matters, and Eric Davis, Executive Director of The Base. Thank you both so much for your time. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us. Take care. Now let's hear from an alum of After School Matters. Carvel Anderson participated in the Youth Leadership Council program, and he graduated from George Westinghouse College Prep. He's currently attending Trinity Christian College. Welcome to the show, Carvel. Hi. Um, lovely to be here and just... Um, Lovely to have a voice. <laughs> yes, and and we are so happy to hear from you. Uh, I mean, I'm hearing so much about your life so far and your experiences. Uh, tell us, I mean, what did you gain from participating in After School Matters? What was that like for you? Um, well, in one, first, I, I think of community. Um, I think of all that I was able to experience with those that were in the program that I was in. Um, I was in leadership council, um, and it taught me not just how to lead, but how to be in community with people who are different from me, who don't have the same mind as me. Um, and there's how that be- there's beauty in that. Um, and I've just gained so much, just I guess, community in that, but also um, professional uh, skills, like um, knowing how to orchestrate um, and lead conversations and how to facilitate activities um, and, like, what it takes to get to planning, like, what, what event planning looks like and um, the ups and downs of that. And so I, I've seen the beauty in that, but also the hard work that comes with it, mm. um, being in 
at School Matters. I love that. I mean, you talk about the, some of the skills that you've you've picked up over the summers uh, and and just the connections that you've made with with, with certain peers. I mean, do, do you think that that would have been possible without programs like this available to you? Um, honestly, um, in a sense, yes. But at the same time, I think that this this uh, that this program this, this program in particular was extremely beneficial. And I, I think for other students and for other people who come from my neighborhood, I come from the west side of Chicago, they wouldn't have that same access. Um, uh, and so I think giving that access was very important. Um, I think that, <laughs> regardless, I think I, me pers- as a person would have developed those skills because of just how I am personally. Yeah. But I think that this, this program was an avenue for that. Um, and I also, I, I can think of people um, that I was in the program with who probably wouldn't have developed those skills without this program. Um, I hope that makes sense. Yes, it totally does. And, and I can I can just tell you're, you're a go-getter either way. <laughs> you, you would have had a lot of these achievements either way, whether, whether you were connected with this program or not. Do you think, though, overall, Carvel, that there are enough programs for teens on the south and west sides of the city? Um, I, I Honestly, I think that there are, but they are not as advertised as well. <laughs> um, I think that our resources are within our community that we don't know that much about. Um, and I think there also can be an increase in those, uh, those, in those activities and those programs. Um, and Specifically, I, I'm thinking of my neighborhood, in which I wish there was more performance art scenes or there were more um, outlets for me to express my faith through art um, in my community. And, and that's something I wish I, I think I'm going to also uh, like to bring back to that, that community, but I also hope that others um, also feel the need to bring that back to communities. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, speaking of performance arts, you, you emceed a, a final showcase. It was focused on peace. What was that like? Um, it was nerve-wracking, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it was nerve-wracking, but however, it, it allowed me to um, getting, get more experience in seeing um, with public speaking. And it, it pushed me um, not just, I, I would say, out of my comfort zone. I think it pushed me into a place of knowing where, what part of my gifting is, um, which public speaking is part of that. Yeah. Um, it allowed, it allowed me to recognize that nerves are part of humility, and so if I'm nervous, it means that that means I have a lot of learning, a lot of learning to do. But also, it means that I'm human. <laughs> absolutely, uh, absolutely. You think yeah, te- you exactly. think teens can play a role in in keeping the peace? Say again. Say you think again. you think teens can play a role in keeping the peace? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it starts a lot with. Uh, with, te- uh, with my, my generation, I think um, if we make up in our mind that we want peace and we're, we're going to pursue peace, it's going to happen. I think we I have a very much like a determined, um, I have a determined generation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Gen Z, outspoken and, and very determined. That's Carvel Anderson, After School Matters alum. Thank you so much for, for stopping by. Thank you for having me. That episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather and Dan Tucker. That's all for this episode. We'll talk to you again this afternoon.